I'm going to go ahead and pray real quick, and then we'll get started. Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father. I thank you and I praise you for uh, this Sunday morning, God. I thank you that each one of us were able to wake up this morning, open our eyes, and make it to your house to worship you and to hear your word. Father, I pray that you would manifest in this place through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, touch our lives, um, continue the transformation that began for some of us so long ago and for some of us just recently. Father, I pray that we would continue to see the transformation that you're doing in our lives, Lord. Uh, show us new things, give us new revelations, even today as we hear your word. God, bless me, uh, pour into me, Lord God, and I pray that it be more of you than of me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, first, I want to say you're welcome for uh, sharing my wonderful wife with you on announcements. Um, some of you may have questioned and asked, you know, I wonder what it's like to live in the Grant household. <clears throat> and well, you've got to see a little bit of it this morning. Um, <laughs> I, I have to be honest, I never know which, uh, which Pastor Amanda you're going to get, you know. <laughs> um, but that's why we're talking about grace, though, right now, is <laughs> um, <clears throat> we're, we're going to take this act on the road. Um, man, uh, I really do love being here, a part of this church. You guys are really awesome. Um, Pastor Jeff and Miss Kim, they went on a little getaway, and, uh, you know, I miss them anytime they're not here. Uh, so we pray, continue to keep them in our prayers as they travel back. Um, they went to go spend some time with friends and uh, it's really good as pastors when we get to do that kind of thing. And uh, that's just another reason why I just love this church, because you guys allow that to happen. Um, you continue to encourage us and pray for us. So, you know, we'll do that for them while they're gone. Um, so we have been talking about grace uh, last week or two weeks ago. Um, I started with. Uh, freedom or freed by grace and God just really he just captured my heart when he began to speak to me about that message and I was terrified to come before the people to talk about grace because of the many perspectives on it and through conversation with Pastor, Pastor Jeff, I realized that what God is doing here in the body of Dayton is he is establishing us because though some of you may have come when uh, it was Living Water Dayton or some of you may have been with uh, Pastor Amanda and I in Yellow Springs, as you know, as the, the body YS. Um, we are now the body Dayton, and that just happened, right? So we are technically a brand new church, 
And the thing is, is when you take two groups of people like that and you bring them together, what you find out is, is that <clears throat> there are things that, you know, each of us may be not clear on, right? Um, though, without a shadow of a doubt, we are all on the same page or, or we're right there in the same chapter, let's say, <laughs> um, we might not be 100% on the same page. And it's not that there's major differences or arguments or anything like that. But what I realize is that God, he wants us to be the body. He wants us to be the body Dayton. And the way we do that is whenever we move forward, whenever we go to do what we do, whether it's ministry, outreach, um, you know, just loving on one another, the best way we do that is if we all move on one accord, right? Because that's what happened in the book of Acts is they went up into that room uh, and they did what they did on one accord and God showed up and moved, right? So I just wanted to share with you that there is more to this teaching than just making people feel good or there's more to this teaching than, um, you know, I mean, we're talking about grace. There, there's more to it. There's so much more to it. But at this level right here in this place, that's part of it. And that's an important part of it. I want you to know that uni being unified here in the body is extremely important to us. So let's continue to talk about this grace thing. And I want to do something a little bit different today. Um, I, I, want, I want just a little bit of your feedback. Is that okay? Is that all right? Now, I'm not going to call on anybody, but as I talk about this, and this is something that I just felt in my spirit last night, and I'm not going to lie, I just didn't know if it was the greatest idea, right? <laughs> but um, I felt pressed to do it. If, as I go through this, and you may be afraid to do it, and that's fine, but if as I go through this, you have a question, I want, you to, I want you to be bold, and I want you to raise your hand, and I want to hear that question. Is that okay? Because I do not want the enemy to have any room. I don't want the enemy to have any room to uh, get in our minds and our heads and take away what God is trying to do through this message, which is to set people free. So this week, we're going to talk about living in grace. Last week, we were freed by grace, and now I want to talk about living in grace. Um, I'm going to start out, and I'm going to give you your points. So if you're taking notes, this is where you're going to want to take notes. You'll be able to take notes, and you won't have to take notes, you know, for the rest of the time because you have them all there, right, unless you want to write down the scriptures. But these are the points. Living in grace is not. Living in grace is not living bound by rules. Living in grace is not living bound by rules. The next one, living in grace is not living in fear. It is not living in fear. And the last, living in grace is not living without regard. So, Let's look at those real quick before I continue. Living 
bound by rules, living in fear and living without regard. This is not what living in grace is. Living bound by rules. What rules? Well, it simply starts with the commandments because that's where every rule that we know of today even, every law that has been made stems from those. If you didn't know that, you're welcome. <laughs> I've, I've brought you up to speed now. Living bound by rules. Now, that doesn't mean, right, we'll skip down to the last one, living without regard. That doesn't mean living without regard. Grace is a very simple idea, but it's very complex at the same time. When people say that, sometimes it can be frustrating. How, are, how is something simple and then complex at the same time? That's, that's the God we serve. Jesus Christ is very simple, but he's very complex at the same time. And a lot of the complexities about who he is, what he does, how he moves, it's on us. It's complex because we just don't get it. It's complex because we make it difficult. It's complex because we just don't want to accept that it's that easy. But the truth is, it's that easy. What do you mean, Pastor Wayne? Well, um, I took some time out at one point to fast, right? Took some time out to get some things organized in my life and to quiet Dwayne and his desires. And that's easy. How often do we go to bed without eating? How often do we drive by McDonald's? How often do we drive by Burger King and any other place that we may love to eat at? How often do we do it? We do it all the time. Not a problem until you decide you're not going to do it. Then it becomes difficult. And what does that come down to? It comes down to what we want. It comes down to what we want at the time. So it's not complex or difficult to think about grace not being about rules, but at the same time, not living without regard. If I tell some of you, thou shalt not murder, it's not a problem until your boss drives you up a wall. And then you're thinking to yourself, mm, gee, right? <laughs> you know, for those of you that have teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of girls. <laughs> you look at them and you're like, I love them. And yeah, when they're asleep. <laughs> and then they open their mouth. You know what I mean? You're like, oh. Now, when I say to you, living bound by rules is not grace. 
and we're talking murder, and you're like, eh, not a problem. Well, then I say, you know, but don't live without regard. What I'm trying to make very plain to you is, is that grace is so simple, but it's complex because of a few very major things. And it comes down to this. In James, he talks about our desires. Okay? And our desires, it says, uh, uh, it goes from just our desires to temptations and then from temptations to sin. Right? And then from sin to death. Our desires are not horrible. I mean, God gave us our desires. We were born with those. And how many times have you heard somebody say, well, this is the way God made me? Well, God, God kind of made you with a foundation and everything over time has built on top of that. So God gave us the desire to eat because it was part of how we live life. And then over time, we ate this, and then we ate that, and we realized we liked this, and we liked that. And it went from we ate just to survive to we ate because it tasted good. We ate because it felt good. It, it, we ate for more reasons than just to survive. And that's where things begin to get a little out of whack. Because then it was temptation. You're driving down the street, and you see the... The, the Burger King, and you're fine until you get so far, and then the smell of the smoke from the grilled burgers hits your nose, and you're like, mm, maybe I'll just go grab one uh, because I think they're on sale two for two or two for six or whatever the case is, right? And, and, and what happened was is that, that smoke, that smell hit you, and it brought up the temptation to go get that thing. And then that temptation turned into sin. What? No, Pastor Dwayne. I only got a Big Mac, but you got two, and you really didn't need two, did you? You ate one and was full, but you ate the other one, so then you begin to do what? Become a glutton. Man, I'm preaching right now. That's tough. But I'm just talking about food. You can fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill in the blank with, but the truth is, is that, you know, they say that there's, uh, those deadly sins, you know, and it, it's just more of it, it. It's just trying to make things simple, but then we make them complex. The Ten Commandments, simple, but then the Jews had to go and make it complex. You know, hundreds of these rules that spun out of ten. And we do it today. We do it today. Rule upon rule upon rule. And, and we do it in the, you know, we, we do it with the idea that we're just trying to keep us safe. And I get it. I have rules around my house. My kids tell me I have too many rules around my house. They're like, Dad, nobody has as many rules as we have. And I'm like, we don't even have that many rules, you know. I made like 10 commandments in the house. You, you feel me? You feel me? <laughs> I don't even have 10 rules, I don't think. Let's just say I have one rule. 
Respect. Respect. They're like, that is so not true. But it is. It is. It's just that I've had to spell respect out to you in multiple different ways, you know? <laughs> you don't, I see respect, you see something else. Like my daughter, you know what I mean? She'll come to the table like this. <laughs> or my son, I'm, I would pull off, the, I'm not going to pull off the iPad because that's his thing. He come to the table and he's like, table's here and he's got the iPad. <laughs> right? And I'm like, guys, no electronics at the table. A rule. A new rule. Dad, gosh, with the rules. I'm like, that's, that's not even a new rule. Yes, it is. No. what? It's respect, right? It is disrespectful to come and sit at the table with electronic devices and eat a meal with the rest of your family. Come on. I know some of you are like, wow. <laughs> I think we're going to go to the church down the street. <laughs> Because this pastor has way too many rules. It's simple, right? Respect. What I'm getting at, what I'm trying to show you is, is there were 10 commandments. 10 commandments for over 2 million people. Are you following me? Over 2 million people who are traveling around in the wilderness and they needed some, some clarity. They needed some direction. So he said, okay, here's 10. I'm going to give them to you. Just keep these and you'll be good. <laughs> wow, right? I just said one word and I have multiple rules. Could you imagine having 10 sentences? How, that's why they have so many rules. But here's the thing. We're not living bound by those rules, but we don't live without regard. So then it comes to the last one right there, living in fear. When you're attempting, when you're attempting to live uh, without being bound by rules, then you very quickly begin to be like, well, I don't have no rules, and you begin to float away, and you're like, wait, 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 but I, I can't live without regard. Then you're like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess up. I shouldn't go that way. And, right? and then fear begins to grab a hold of you. And then you begin to live this very uncomfortable life. People looking at you. Why do I want to be a Christian? Why would I want to live that way? You're bound up. No, I'm not. I live free. No, you don't. You gave up the rules to be captured by fear. Now, I know what I'm saying. Some of you are probably thinking to yourself, man, you are not making this any easier because I need clear-cut rules. <laughs> I, I need something to live by. I need some way to know what I'm doing and what I'm not supposed to do and all that good stuff. Well, let's, let's look at what living 
grace is. Living in grace. Living in grace is living in freedom. Living in grace is living by faith. And living in grace is living your best life right now. When I wrote that down, because I really wasn't thinking about it, but when I wrote that down, instantly I thought of one person. Right? Living your best life now. Anybody know who that person is? Osteen. Yes, sir. He wrote a book. And then I was like, oh, dang. You know? Because he's the guy. When you talk about grace, he's the guy. You know? When you hate grace, he's the guy. You know? <laughs> like, when you think grace has been preached all wrong or you think grace has been preached all right, he's typically the guy. And I understand why. I get it. I get why the people hate him and I get why people love him. I feel like I'm one of those people who are just in the middle, you know, because I get it. I understand. Because how do, how do you live in freedom, but then not, but then, you know, not live without regard? Regard to what other people say or regard to, no, 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 no. Nobody cares about what other people say. What we care about is Christ Jesus. What we care about is what makes him smile. What would make, what would make his death on the cross worthwhile? Obviously, I know that there's nothing we could do to make that worthwhile. That's why he did it. But what if we thought about it when we're living our life? What if we thought about this thing? Last week, I brought the scripture to you of Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Don't worry, Miss Lana, I didn't put it up there. I'm just going to give you a little, a little summary of what it said. In verses 8, and verse, verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10, this is basically what it said. The good news was made plain before the 10 rules ever came about. So they had nothing to do with it. The good news. The ten rules had nothing to do with the good news. What is the good news? Christ, in a nutshell. Your faith makes you favored of God right alongside Abraham. Able to live free of sin and the guilt of it. Your faith. Simple. All you got to do is have faith, and you're good. What does faith look like, Pastor Dwayne? I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins. You have to immerse yourself in that thing, though, you know, like all, all the time. Well, Pastor Dwayne, that's just hard to do. It's really not. When you sit down to watch TV and you think to yourself, Christ died on the cross because I was going to be stupid. He took stripes 
He got beat on, spit on, done completely wrong for me. Maybe I shouldn't watch that. You know what I'm saying? It's that simple. But what makes it hard is what? Our desires. What we want. What makes us feel good. I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me. The last verse in that I'm going to share with you from or summarize from Galatians chapter 3 is verse 10. is If you attempt to even keep these, you are choosing to live cursed. These what? These rules. Bound to fail. Condemned to destruction. If you attempt to keep these 10 rules that I made after I gave the promise, all you're doing is living cursed. Okay, Pastor Wayne, how am I supposed to live free, not be concerned about rules? Like, how is this done? Guys, I'm telling you right now, this is, some of you may be like, this is the most pointless message I've ever heard him speak by far. And that's fine. But I'm trying to make plain to you something, so I keep running over what seems like the same thing over and over. But I need it to click for everybody. Grace has nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. With exception to let you know there is right and wrong. If there were no laws then nobody would know that they were doing something that was wrong until they seen the consequences. Are you following me? If I go to England and I just hop in the car and go driving down the street, number one, I'm hopping in on the wrong side. So I'm already confused. Stick with me here. Stick with me here. I'm hopping into a car that I'm already on the wrong side of, according to me. For those of you who decided to live a Christ life, didn't really know what it was involved, but you made the choice. You're hopping into a vehicle where the steering wheel is on the other side. It's completely opposite of what you're used to driving. So you're already confused. And then you start to go because you're like, I can do this. I mean, how hard can it be? But you're in England. So you make a turn and you make a turn down the wrong side of the road. And you're like, what is wrong with this dummy who's coming at me in the car, right? And you're angry and you're frustrated because they're the idiots. But the truth is, is you just didn't know that you were doing wrong. But if somebody gives you the law, hey, here in England, we don't go down the wrong side. We, we don't go down that side of the road. We go down this side of the road. And you're like, ah, got it. That makes sense. 
But even still, then what do they do in order to make sure that we got that? How do you know a one-way street is a one-way street? Just off the top of your head, signs. For those of us who are really smart, we see the cars who, that are facing only one direction. And we kind of, you know what I mean, put two and two together. I'm joking. I'm joking. <clears throat> but signs, right? So they put up signs. Those signs are like the rules, right? You have the laws, but then you have the rules all over the place telling you what you're not supposed to do, where you're not supposed to go. The laws are there so that we know, not necessarily to live by, but so that we know. Whoop, that's not the direction I want to go. But so often, instead of going, whoop, we do this. Okay, thou shalt not murder. I wonder if I can strangle him right up to the point. You know, mm, blue, let go. Okay. <sighs> no. Now, I'm talking about murder, right? I wanted to make it real simple, go to the extreme. But you take one second with me, quiet your mind, and put that other thing in there, that thing that you struggle with, you know, that, that thou shalt not that you struggle with, you know, not the murder one. Most of us here don't struggle with that one. But the one that you struggle with, put it in there and then see how you go. How can, how can I just get right up, right up to the edge there so that I can, you know? I told my wife the other day, I said, you know what we need? We need some way to taste food without eating it. Maybe, maybe that would help, you know? Like on these moments when I'm, you know, when I'm fasting and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to be holy. Give me one second. Ah, that was nice. Just had to taste some fried chicken, you know. Don't want to eat it because I'm fasting, right? Like, I mean, what if, what if I had my wife go out and buy me a Big Mac and I just take a big bite of it, chew it up, and then spit it out? That would be insane, wouldn't it? But that's the way we live. That's the way we live. That's where we begin to make things difficult and complicated for our lives. So then we, we, we just, we live this constant, let me get as close as I can without failing. I'm not, I'm not sidetracked, I promise. Stick with me. I'm going somewhere. And the reason we do this is because we're running from something. We're, we're trying to appease somebody. And it's not God. I'm going to say this, let it hang in the air, and I'm going to come back and visit it. If I'm fasting and I eat a Big Mac, God's not going to be looking at me like, mm, shame on you, you've ruined everything you've worked for up to this point. You might as well not even have done it. No, that is not it. Matter of fact, how many of you here have fasted before and you're like, okay, God, I'm going before you. I'm going to get before you. I'm, going to, I'm just not going to eat. Um, I'm not going to drink any sweet stuff, you know? No pop, no nothing like that. It's water for me, Jesus. It's water for me. You wake up 
The next morning after you've started your fast, you run downstairs, you're running, you're moving quick, things you had to hurry up. You grab the orange juice out, pour your orange juice, start drinking it, you're like, ah, right? Nobody spits it out, I hope. I hope you don't spit it out because that would just be absolutely ridiculous, right? But I've done that, you know? You just grab up a cup, not just any cup. Let me, let me change that because that's just weird too. You, you know, you just reach in the refrigerator, you grab that OJ, you pour your drink, you start sipping it back, and you're like, oh, dang, I'm just drinking water. Ugh, whatever. Finish it off, and you go on about your day. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you grace. Living in grace. Living in grace is drinking that orange juice not thinking twice about it, continuing your fast, and not being bugged. It's that simple. It's that simple. Because here's the deal. My intention was not to go and get the OJ. That was not the intention. The truth is, and God knows my heart, right? Be careful when he does know your heart. And it was the intention. I'm just saying. So the OJ was not my intention. My intention was to hurry up and get out of the house. And so when I ran downstairs and I hadn't quite gotten into the swing of only drinking water, or maybe it wasn't about being in a swing. Maybe it was just simply my mind was where? On getting out the house. And my usual routine is going to grab the OJ. So I run, run downstairs, I grab the drink, I drink it, shoot, I forgot. I'm not going to sit there and cry and weep and ask God to forgive me because the truth is that he knew. Dude, chill out, keep moving, you forgot. But then I don't leave there and then stop at the Mickey D's down the street and grab a Mickey D's sandwich. Because then I've just crossed the line from, Right? A mistake to the OJ tasted good and it sure would be nice to follow it with a McGriddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even like those things. My wife, she's like, I know, me too. Is everybody following me right now? I'm trying to make this as plain as possible. I'm not even trying to make it about rules, right? So how do I do this? How do I live this life? You just live it. You live it with the intention of pleasing Christ, with the intention of living a life that would stand up next to what he done for you, which is truthfully not even possible. So what does that mean? What does that mean? If, you, if, if he's already said you're not going to be able to do this, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. That doesn't mean go do whatever you do and worry about it later. No, that means don't let that be your focus. Don't let the OJ be your focus. Let him be your focus. Quit letting the enemy make the focus what you did because it's never about that. It's never been about that. It's not about that when you're doing good and it's not about that when you're doing bad. I was in the middle of making one of the biggest mistakes of my life. And you know what I was thinking about? That I was completely ruining my relationship with Christ. Does that make me good? 
No, that makes me 100% absolutely stupid. But guess what? He already told me I was and I already knew that. So then what I did was is I woke up and I was like, today's a new day, God. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to get this right. We're going to get it right. Eventually, we're going to get it right. Hey, you know what? Will you help me? I don't really know how you would help me, but you know best way to help me. So will you help me get this right? Hmm. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 17. Did I put that one up there for you? I did. Okay, good. Galatians chapter 4, verse 17. This is the message version. It says, those heretical teachers go to great length to flatter you, but their motives are rotten. They want to shut you out of the free world of God's grace so that you will always depend on them for approval and direction, making them feel important. A minute ago, I told you the reason that we run and, and we find ourselves trying to keep these rules is because we're trying to please somebody, and it's not Christ. Remember that? Who are we trying to please? Each other. Let's be realistic. God's not coming down tapping you on the shoulder. Right? He's not coming down tapping you on the shoulder. The Holy Spirit may move within you, letting you know that something's off. But some of us have gotten very used to ignoring that. That's not a hit, okay? I do it myself sometimes. But I'm just speaking the truth, right? We have to speak the truth so we know the truth. And the truth is, is we've gotten good at ignoring the Holy Spirit. And so since nobody's coming down to tap us on the shoulder, sometimes God will send people to do that. And we know that. We know that sometimes he uses others to do that. But the problem is he's not always using others to do that. Sometimes it's just others who's being jerks, right, that want to tear us down. If we knew the Holy Spirit better, we would know who was doing which. So the advice here is not to get angry with the people who are tearing you down and focus on them. The advice is to focus on the Holy Spirit and know him better so that you know when it's which. There's a lot going on here in this message. I hope you're catching it all. People. People are always quick to tell you what you're doing wrong. People are always quick to look at you and, and, and look down on you, let you know about the rules because they're the rule keepers. No. The truth is, is that those people are being used by the enemy. Whoa, what? Hear what I'm saying. There is a difference. There is always a difference. I need help. Elijah, <laughs> I gave you a warning. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but something told me this is how good God is, right? He was like, you might need him later. So I told him. I really didn't plan on it, but I really did feel like I might need him. Emmanuel, I did not tell you, but will you come up too, please? Another example of grace. I told him I did not tell her. Do I love them any less? No, I don't. I love you just as much. <laughs> okay. 
So, people, 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 right? People who want to tear you down, okay? Now, scoot over a little bit. Gosh, this is my space. <laughs> All right. So, we joke sometimes, me and Pastor Jeff when we're at work, we joke about the, the little guys on our shoulder, right? Just... We're, you know, clowning around like, uh. But in real life, we have people. We have people who do that. So Emmanuel here, she's the good one. <laughs> she is. Stop it. Um, and she loves me. She truly loves me, and she wants to see me be successful at all I do. Right? She wants to see me obtain what is good for me. Elijah, he's also a good person. A very, 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 very good person. And he wants to see me live the way I'm supposed to. Did anybody catch the difference there? He wants to see me live the way I'm supposed to. She wants to see me obtain and be what I'm supposed to be, right? What God has intended for me. So when I'm struggling, when I'm struggling, Elijah is going to let me know the rules, Whereas Emmanuel is going to come and encourage me. She's going to encourage me to keep moving forward. The difference, the difference is grace. When grace is at work, you're able to move forward because you're looking at the mark, the high call which was not given to you by anybody except for one. But when it's about the rules and grace is not intact, it's constantly letting you know that you're about to break the rules. If you are these people, which one are you? What does encouragement look like? I'm going to... Do something I'm not supposed to, right? I don't even know what. How would you tell me, how would you encourage me in life in that moment? Okay. Will you tell them, will you tell them a quick version of the story that you told me about your friend? The other friends were trying to get her to do something. Will you do that for me? Okay, so we were at, like, a play for my school, and we were all just, like, sitting there. And this boy brought candy cigarettes to um, the play. So we were all sitting there, and he was giving them out to people just to be funny and telling them to, like, fake smoke and stuff. And there's this girl that's, like, she's super innocent. She, like, never – she's, like – 
really good kid and stuff. And she's never really done anything like that before and like not even as a joke and stuff. And I, don't, I can't see her doing that. So she was um, peer pressured to do that and they were telling her to like do it and stuff. So she got one and she started like acting like she was smoking. And I looked at her and I was like, and she was like, and took it out of her mouth and stuff because she knew what she was doing wrong. And then um, the girl was like, it had to be done. She had to, like, she, I had to, like, peer pressure and tell her to do it and stuff. And I was, so yeah, that's it. Thank you. So when she told me the story, it was a little bit different. And, and what I liked was is that the girl was about to do it, right? She had it, and she was, she was like, she was about to do it. And she had, was taken up to her mouth. And they were sitting far apart, like two or three seats apart. And, and um, Emmanuel said, I leaned forward and I looked down and I was like, she didn't say anything to her. She just looked down and was like, right? That's encouragement. That's encouragement. Because she wasn't looking down on her. She wasn't attacking her. She wasn't telling her what she was doing was wrong. She just looked at her and was like, and it was very clear to the girl that it was, it was this. You don't, you don't even want, you, you know. You know. Just, you, you know what? You're right. There was none of that communication, but that's what was there. You know what? You're right. Gave it up. Right? You can go sit down now. Thank you. But then you got this guy. These people, they mean well. At least they think they do. They think they mean well. But the truth is, is they are being used by the enemy to do it the wrong way. Right? The rules, the rules, the rules, the rules, the rules. There are times when Elijah, with his siblings, he'll come down and he'll be like, you know dad doesn't want us doing that. You better stop. You know you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> he said, I don't sound, I don't sound like that. We know, we know you don't sound, I'm just joking. <laughs> his voice got, his, it's got a little bit deeper. Um, just not that deep, huh? Okay, so. And I'm not, please understand that my kids around my house, just like all of us, we have our moments, okay? Like some days she's this person and some days he's that person, right? You can go have a seat. Thank you. But the point that I'm making is, is that the, on the flip side, on the flip side, he knows that I'm coming to rain down fire and brimstone. And he'll duck in and he'll be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder sometimes why he's always in front of me when I'm going to rain down, because he's like this. You know, <laughs> like, stop doing it. No, but, no, I'm joking. Seriously, though, he'll come in love, and he'll be like, hey, hey, Theo. Like, Theo be starting to ramp up and throw a tantrum, and he'll be like, hey, Theo, come on, man. Let's go throw ball. And he'll quiet it down. He'll help Theo turn, not by telling him that he's doing wrong, or Malachi, right? Am I right? Like, he'll, he'll, he'll slide in and be like, hey, how about we go do this? 
or things are starting to ramp up and he sees dad's face. He's like, hey, guys, let's go and, you know what I mean? Encouragement. That doesn't mean that we're standing by like, well, you know. Emmanuel very easily could have been the good friend, right? According to some grace messages, actually, I don't think there's one grace message out there that that speaks this way, but the way it's perceived is this. Emmanuel sees what's happening with her friend, and she's like, well, I'm not going to say nothing because I have to have grace. And if I say something, then I'll be telling her the rules. Everybody follow me there? You clear on that? Having grace is not being quiet. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand it. Let's continue, right? Because this is not what we need. This is not what's right. Let's continue. Galatians chapter 4, verse 21 through 31. We're not going to read all of it, but we're going to read some of it, okay? It says, tell me now, you who have become so enamored with the law, have you paid close attention to that law? Abraham, remember, had two sons. Now we're back to Galatians from last week, right? Remember, what did I say? The promise to Abraham came before what? The rules. It came before the rules. When God gave the promise to Abraham for the Savior, the, the Ten Commandments had not been, hadn't been made yet. Grace was already put in place before the rules became a thing. How do you think, we li- how do you think they lived from that point to that point? Come on, man. I just got that myself. Wait a second. Do you hear what I'm saying? They didn't even know they were doing wrong. They were living like crazy people until somebody said, this is wrong. So how in the world did they manage to live from Abraham to Moses and not get wiped out? Oh, wait. They did, didn't they? (laughs) Grace was already put in place. Let's continue. Two sons. Abraham had two sons. One by the slave woman and one by the free woman. The son of the slave woman was born by human plotting. I love the way this reads. That's why I'm reading it out of here. Please pay attention. One son was born by human plotting. The son of the free woman was born by God's promise. This illustrates the very thing we are dealing with now. The two births represent two ways of being in relationship with God. One is from Mount Sinai. It corresponds with what is now going on in Jerusalem. A slave life producing slaves as offspring. Are we hearing this? This is the word. 
Mount Sinai. What happened in Mount Sinai? The law. The Ten Commandments. That's where Moses came down with the glowing face and the two tablets. And there was birthed slavery. Slaves, the son of human plotting. I'm going to come back to it. Hold that there. And then there is the son that was born of the promise. It says, in contrast to that, there is an invisible Jerusalem, a free Jerusalem, and she is our mother. This is the way of Sarah. I'm going to skip down. Go to the next slide. Let's see. Isn't it clear that the harassment you are now experiencing from the Jerusalem heretics follows that old pattern? There is a scripture that tells us what to do. Expel. Hold on. Pause. I'm going to skip down. Skip again. Isn't that, isn't that conclusive? We are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Hold on, I'm going to read it from my tablet because some of that we didn't need. I apologize. So follow me. It says, isn't it clear, friends, that you, like Isaac, are children of promise? In the days of Hagar and Sarah, the child who came from faithless plotting, Ishmael, harassed the child who came empowered by the spirit from the faithful promise, Isaac. I'm about to say something that's going to be very tough, but only if you're this person, and I say it in love. There are two people living among us, and I've, I've preached this before. I think that might have been the title, Among Us. Remember that, young people? There are two people living among us. There's the ones who are slaves to the law. Who were born of human plotting. Man. Pause. Human plotting. What do I mean? Remember earlier? Right? It's like, how close can I get to be okay? Right? That's human plotting. We can't just, we can't just do, we got to like, we got to plan and get it right so that we can get in our goods and still be okay. Plotting. And then there's the people who were born of the promise. Right here specifically it says, empowered by the Spirit. How are you living life? Are you living life with and through the Spirit? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to move and operate in you? One clue that you're not would be how you respond to these situations. Just a clue. If you see this in your life, 
this is a place of prayer. This is a place of contention between you and God. This is a place that can be made right. And here's the truth, just so you don't feel bad. I struggle on a regular basis to live or to allow the spirit to operate in me. But when I see it, I pray for correction from the one that is authorized to correct me. From the one I should want correction from. And right there lives grace. Grace is in that place. When you realize your error, don't get shut down by it, but ask him to help you to overcome it. And trust him to do so. That's, that's living. That's what I'm talking to you about. I'm talking to you about living in grace. Another scripture I want to read for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. I'm coming around to a close, I promise. Just a few more things. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So eat your meals heartily, not worrying about what others say about you. You're eating to God's glory after all, not to please them. Pause. Remember the orange juice? That's why I, I told you, I begin to drink it, right? And it's like, and that's not a real story. I'm just, but if I begin to drink it, I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm not supposed to dang it, right? It was orange juice. Right? I could have dumped it out. Matter of fact, if I'm being honest, I probably would have. But that's just where I was. That's where I am and that's where I was in that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if I didn't, if I was drinking, I'm like, good, 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 good. And I'm like, oh, shoot, good, 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 dang it. Whatever. Right? God is not hard-pressed about that moment. He's not hard-pressed about that moment. He's hard-pressed about the moment after that. Because that shows your true heart. As a matter of fact, do everything that way. Heartily and freely to God's glory. At the same time, don't be callous in your exercise of freedom. Thoughtlessly stepping on the toes of those who aren't as free as you are. I try my best to be considerate of everyone's feelings in all these matters. Right? Let me read it to you a different way. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When you see your life not bringing glory to God, that's the moment. That's the moment where you have a decision to make. It's for nobody else but you. And in that moment, grace is there. Grace is there saying this. Grace is there saying this. You're not supposed to do that. Wrong. That is not what grace is saying. If grace is a person, grace would not be saying, you're not supposed to do that. Grace would be saying, 
you know, if you don't do that, you're going to be proud of yourself. You know, if you handle that differently, God is going to be smiling down on you. Hey, you know if you handle that person in a different manner than you're about to, you will be being used by God. You're, you're going to be an asset in transforming their life. Come on. In that moment, in those moments when you're about to step off the side because you've plotted on how you could get just close enough to it, not realizing that it was soft, it was unstable, and that you could fall at any moment into the very thing that you don't want to be a part of, but you're willing to get close enough to before you understand what I'm saying? It's in that moment that God says, grace says, hey, if you step away from that edge, whatever it might be, there's good things on the other side. That's encouragement, folks. That's true love. That will change a life. That will drive people to be better. That was God's plan for grace. So let's do something here. This is me closing. Let's attempt to not focus on living by the rules. Let's focus on living with Jesus. Not focus on living on the rules, focus on living with Jesus. And I want to point something out to you. Can you pull up the Matthew chapter 5? Don't misunderstand why I have come. This is Christ Jesus. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I didn't come to abolish the laws of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. Keep going. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of God or heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I love this because I know some of you are like, what is he saying now, right? But I, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, who, the people, the heretics, remember earlier? Unless you're better than them. But didn't I just say we're not supposed to be worried about them? Unless you're better than them, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell you what Jesus is saying right there. Are you ready? What he's saying to you is, you need me. You need me 
he's not really telling you to live by the law. What he's saying is, is you have to keep it all. You have to keep it tight. You can't mess up. You got to be right. And if you don't do it the right way, you're not going to heaven. But what we know of Christ Jesus is that what he was really saying. No. What he was saying is, is you can't do it. And the only way you can is through me. The closest you're going to get to it is through me. So grace says what? All you have to do is stay focused on him. Stay focused on him. Last thing. You can play the music. Last thing. Something I want you to walk away thinking about today. Are you ready for this? If your neighbor's sleep, wake them up. <laughs> the scripture where the scripture where it says, if you are lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Pastor Jeff preached it last week. Right? If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Here's the deal. What do we know about lukewarm? Lukewarm is not hot. It's not hot enough, right? Lukewarm is not, not uh, it, I mean, it's, it's too hot. It's too hot to be cold. But then it's, it's too cold to be hot. Lukewarm. Lukewarm is too hot to be cold, but then it's too cold to be hot. Let me ask you a question. Some of you. When you get into a nice bath, where are you most comfortable? Where are you most comfortable when you get into that nice bath? Where you could just sit and turn wrinkly and pruney. That's my, that's my son's head. Where are you at? That is our life. Oh, that is our life. God wants us to be hot. He's even okay with being cold. And the reason he's okay with being cold is because he knows I can come and get you. He's good with hot because he knows he can use you to go get somebody. But when you're lukewarm, you don't even know what you are. You don't know where you are. You don't know what you're doing. Why? Because you're nice and cozy. We as human beings, we like lukewarm. Because lukewarm is comfortable. Lukewarm is comfortable. It's not too edgy, not pushing too hard. But it's not so chilly that you know, that you know, that you know you're going to hell, right? Lukewarm 
It's too hot to be cold, but too cold to be hot. Let's be hot because when you're hot, what do you do? You go to get in that bath water and it's too hot, you're like, whoo, right? You jump, you, you move, you move. If it's too cold, what do you do? You move. The truth is, is we don't really want either one. We don't want either one. We want to be lukewarm. And that's why the grace message, I feel, has such a struggle. Because grace, it, it gives us that mentality that it's a lukewarm deal. But it's not. Guys, grace is not lukewarm. Grace is that moment when you stick your foot in the hot water and it's, it's so hot that you pull back. But you remember a second ago when I said, some of you like the warm, but then there's some of us. There's some of us that we hit that, whoo, we just got to go in slow though. Right? That hot tub, hot water, you know what I'm saying? That hot tub hot water that removes a lot of the junk, eases the bones and the muscles. You get in there real good and you like, <sighs> that's grace. That's what grace is really for. Grace is there to give us a chance to realize that hot is what we really want. Hot is better for us. Hot's going to heal those hurting situations. Hot's going to have us settled in, relaxed, and good to go for the long run. If there's anybody here or anybody on Facebook Live that you know your struggle has been going on and and you realize that grace is something that you've needed, but you didn't really understand it, and now you do, I want to pray with you. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that you're like, man, I just, I know I don't know Christ Jesus. I want to pray with you. If there's anybody here that's still sitting out there and they're like, I just can't get it. I don't understand. I just don't understand. I want to sit down and talk with you. And, and then I want to pray with you as well. So if you fit any of those categories, do me a favor, because I know that we're, we're creatures of, you know, we don't like to be looked at and stared at. Would you, would you bow your head with me? If you fit any of those categories, I want to ask you if you would raise your hand for me. If you fit any of those categories, if you're, if you're the people that, you needed grace, or you need grace, you realize now. I want you to raise your hand. If you are still struggling and you, and you want to understand grace more because you just don't get it, I want you to un raise your hand now. And if you just don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
Raise your hand. All right. Well, go ahead and lift your heads. I want to say that nobody raised their hand. Nobody raised their hand. And I'm okay with that. But is he? Because you have to know in your heart, because he does, that you feel like you're okay. And if you are, that's great. If you are, that's great. I have nothing to say. But just remember, grace is that moment. From today going forward, from today going forward, grace is that moment when you can turn around. When you can realize you need help. It doesn't have to be today. That's why I'm okay with it. You may not need, you may not need to come up for prayer today. But in that moment when you do, stop. Seek out to your father and know that what he wants for you is to move forward. To move forward toward him. So that may mean turning away from whatever thing that is drawing you. All right? Grace. Living in grace is not living bound by the rules. It is not living in fear. It is not living without regard. But what grace is, it is living in free freedom. It is living by faith. And it is living your best life now. Living your best life now. You can do that. That means understanding and realizing that God is blessing you. He's blessing your, your, your going, your coming. He's blessing you. So let's walk in those blessings. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord God, I come into you right now. Father, I pray right now that you would help us. Help us to live our best life right now. Not being fearful of what, yet, what is yet to come, but seeing your love right here in this moment. Help us to understand that in the moment when you show us that we're loved, in the moment where we see that you care, that is the best moment that there is in our life. In the moment when you grab us to save us from falling off the edge, that is, again, one of the best moments in our life. In the moment where you show us that you've given us and blessed us with so much that we don't deserve, that right there is one of the best moments in our life. Help us to see each one of these moments as a grace-filled moment. Completely amazing because you've granted those moments to us. Lord God, no longer allow the enemy to get us stuck in those moments where we've made a bad decision. But help us to move forward in the fact that you've saved us from that. Help us not to get caught up in, 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 in the fact that we've done it so then we're tempted to just go and go all the way in. No, help us to be grateful that you've come again to save us. Help us to be grateful that we can know that you will be there again and again. 
but help us to live life knowing that we don't need to keep going back because you can help us to keep moving forward. Help us not to be tempted by human plotting. Help us to let go of that. Help us to discard that. God, help us to completely embrace your grace. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The next time I come before you, I will come before you and I will talk to you about being loved by grace. Being loved by grace. All right? Love you guys. Thank you.